0: Welcome to our Transgender School Podcast.
1: We're here to talk about diverse transgender identities and experiences so that we can all be better allies and advocates.
0: We'll also discuss current events, welcome guests, and share actions you can take to support trans people.
1: I'm Bridget, and my daughter Jackie came out as a transgender woman about four years ago when she was 19 years old. I was totally unprepared, but I have learned a lot since then. And now Jackie and I are passionate about sharing what we've learned.
0: When I came to terms with being trans, I realized that I absolutely needed to transition, but coming out was very stressful. Now that a few years have passed, things have gotten somewhat easier and I want to help other trans people navigate their own unique experiences. Hey everyone, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Happy Saturday as always, and we are So happy today to have a special guest for our live stream today, who my mom
1: will introduce. Hi, everybody. We are super excited to have Jennifer Brookings Chapman with us. So Jennifer Brookings Chapman, who I'm going to call Jen, because we are friends, I think now. Yes. Thank you. I What an honor. Jen and I are both very proud moms of transgender kiddos, but very different ages and stages of life. So we thought it would be interesting to come together and have a conversation about our, our unique journeys. And J- there are so many things I could say about Jen. I want you to know that, that Jen and her husband, Jay, have a wonderful podcast called Parentingology and you have to listen to it. There are so many great episodes and I've learned so much from them. And they're just such loving, wonderful parents to their three kids. You'll see that throughout our conversation today. And one of their three kids is the amazing Blue Chapman who is nine years old and who played JJ on the NBC hit show Council of Dads, which has one season I strongly encourage you to watch. You're able to watch that season in multiple places through the NBC app and other places where you can watch Council of Dads and it's incredibly moving it's an outstanding show unfortunately it was canceled it's not going to be continuing but we know that Blue's career as an actor is only just beginning and we'll be seeing him in in lots to come in the future and so JJ or yeah JJ the character that Blue played was a transgender boy on the show and Blue is a transgender boy in real life and is nine years old. And it's just amazing to us, you know, Jackie and me and all of us fans, you know, that that he is is so confident and in touch with and courageous about putting himself out there in the world and educating people and representation as we've talked about. So we're going to talk about all of that. But what have I left out, Jennifer, in introducing you? You also have a bakery. You're like multifaceted, multi-talented. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Please.
2: I grew up in Maine of all places and now live outside of Los Angeles with my family. I have three kids, EJ, Caden and Blue. Two of them are part of the LGBTQ community, EJ and Blue. My husband Jay is a wonderful awesome man that I am just so fortunate to call my husband. Um, My background, I went to Emerson College and did advertising. Then I went to Indiana University and did higher education. Then my doctorate studies is in organizational psychology and I'm all over the place. And my mom just She's wonderful and awesome. And my dad and she, they've just said, we should have just sent you to like hairdressing school so that you could be creative (laughs) and (laughs) saved a lot of money, (laughs) but their support is also amazing. And my sister and brother and our extended family. And so I just thank you for having me and thank you for being my new friend and for, you know, guiding me along this journey with you guys. And I feel very lucky to have
1: people like you. Oh, that's so wonderful. That's so sweet, Jennifer. And I'm sure all that education did a lot of good for you. And same here, I have my got my master's in communication, had no idea what I wanted to do with it and ended up teaching and doing a little of this and a little of that. And we all, you know, we all have our unique journeys. And, and I think everything you're doing is wonderful. And I think both of us, I think we agree that this is kind of a calling in life to talk to folks about what we we've experienced in our families as moms. And so I'm sure that a lot of our journey prior to this was kind of preparing us for all of this as well
2: right and who doesn't love to be loved by cupcakes and (laughs) so my husband and I when we first met you know close to 20 years ago we said this would be a dream come true and I lost Mm. my my job in COVID and um, we said let's do it and he's actually the baker
0: Mm. and I
2: do everything else so hey again I'm lucky I'm so lucky. Yeah. It's
1: a good setup. I like that. What is
2: the name of your bakery? Honey and the Hive. And Ooh. we deliver nationwide, but we deliver in Ventura County, California.
1: Great. All right. So get your cupcakes, listen to your podcast, your Parentingology podcast, watch Council of Dads with Jennifer's adorable and brilliant and talented actor, Sun Blue. And so we'll we'll probably move into news. One thing that our little growing audience counts on us for is transgender news uh, or, you know, transgender related news. So Jackie has our news report for today. Go ahead, reporter Jackie.
0: So today we'll talk about the Equality Act, which is likely something that you've heard about. The Equality Act is the result of a lot of different legislative proposals over really decades going back to things like the Employment Non-Discrimination Act in the early 2000s, which at one point would have provided employment protections for lesbian, gay, and bisexual people while excluding transgender people. Luckily, today we've gotten to the point where Democrats are unified around the idea that transgender people should be included in those legal protections. So the Equality Act was for what it, basically what it would do. It would amend existing civil rights law, um, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Fair Housing Act, the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, and the Jury Selection and Services Act, along with some other laws. To explicitly include sexual orientation and gender identity as protected characteristics. So basically, you would not be able to be discriminated against in any category of your life for your gender uh, identity or your sexual orientation, which is unfortunately the case in many states throughout the country today. Um, the Supreme Court recently ruled that The Civil Rights Act does extend to protections for sexual orientation and gender identity as far as employment discrimination goes, but that still hasn't been applied to housing and a lot of other important areas. So the Equality Act would be a really important step. It would prevent any local laws or lower court decisions that would take away rights from transgender or LGBTQ people. And it did pass the House of Representatives last year. It is probably going to pass the House again next week. They've announced that they're going to vote on it. So the real hurdle will be getting past the 50-50 Senate. So our recommendation would be one thing you can do to be an ally and an advocate for the queer people that you know is if you live in a purple state or a red state, contact your senator's ask them to please vote yes on the Equality Act. When it passed in 2019, I think there were seven House Republicans who voted for it. So it is possible that even if we lose one or two Democratic votes in the Senate, Joe Manchin, we might be able to gain a couple Republican votes. So please, anyone who's in a purple state, anyone who's in red state, even if you have Democratic senators who are on the moderate side, um, if you're in Arizona, West Virginia, state like that, please reach out to your senators. If you know anyone in those states, especially Florida, states like that, please ask them to reach out to their senators. We've shared on our Facebook page a link to a form where you can put in your information and automatically send an email to your senators. So they make it pretty easy to do it, but that outreach will really be crucial to making sure this gets passed.
1: Thank you, Jackie. And if you are in our Facebook group, we have a link that allows you to email your senators right there in the Facebook group, right, Jackie? And that link is an active link, and you can go right there, and it takes about 10 seconds to put in your name and information to send that. Yeah, thank you for doing that. And a couple people had questions because it mentions that it was actually originally passed in 2019 or something to that effect, Jackie. But please know that that link is correct and it is for now. And it's simply to email your senator to let that senator know that you are supportive of the Equality Act. So please go ahead and do that if you're in our group. And if you're not in our group, join our group. We're having lots of great conversation there. And we have I'll use that to move us into just quick announcements that we have our Facebook group, Transgender School. We have a Facebook page, Transgender School. We're on all social media. Please find us if you haven't found us yet. And really big announcement, our very first course, our webinar, our 90-minute live webinar will be this week. There are Three to choose from Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Tuesday and Thursday evenings at different times, and Saturday at 11 a.m. And so we'd love to have you join us. There's no reason not to sign up <laughs> because if you can't afford it, we have scholarships. We've had amazing, generous people donate scholarships. If you'd like one, we'd be happy to give one to you. It's off camera, so you can be in your pajamas. You can be, you know, totally casual, you can be eating or doing other things. And, you know, we just try to make it as convenient as possible for people to be able to make it. And we're going to be sharing a lot about our personal story, Jackie's coming out story and what it means to be an ally and all new information that we have not shared previously. So we hope that you will attend and we'd love to have you let us know what you think of it after we do the webinar. And we'll be doing more in the future as well on different topics as well. Okay. Well, I would have a million questions for you, Jen. I'm just really curious. You know, Jackie came out at 19. Blue came out very young, much younger, right? About four-ish. Oh my goodness. So tell us what that's like. Let me just throw that at you. Anything you can share with us? It's normal. It's all normal. (laughs) It's just life.
2: Um, I think we don't have very typical gender roles in our house Mm -hmm. so that was that blue never saw that really my older kids never saw that really Uh, we're just very open diverse we're a biracial family so diversity Mm -hmm. is like huge and so Blue just one day came home and said, I'm using the boys bathroom. Like we, he, we had talked with us about, you know, feeling like a boy and choosing his different clothing, just very general boy-esque things. Mm-hmm. And then that was first kindergarten-ish when he socially transitioned. And so came home and said, I'm using the boys' bathroom. And we said, well, great, wonderful. We do have to have a conversation with the (laughs) the school about that. Mm -hmm. And it went wonderful. It was just, I think people just knew that he knew who he was and that's all that mattered. And how fortunate are we that we live actually in a little bit of a conservative area of California, but those that are around us, those at his school, his teachers, his administration was all like, yeah, of course, whatever can we can do to help him feel comfortable. He transitioned through a couple of different names that he had picked and settled on blue and he, him pronouns from four ish, five ish. It's, it's hard. It's hard to remember because it is just, it's just life. It's just, mm-hmm. he is a boy. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so that was the process of it. And our family is incredible. Both sides of our family, they extended family, our are, are friends. And it was, it, it's it, like, I keep saying, it, it's just, it's life. It's no big mm-hmm. deal. That's who mm-hmm. he is. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Wow. I think that's I wonder if that's a sign of how much the world has changed in a relatively short period of time. I think, honestly, Jen, it's a sign of who you are, you and Jay, and how you were both raised and your families. That's I don't want to discount how important that is and that that's a major part of it. And I also wonder how much of it is that things had, had changed quite a bit from when Jackie was young, when Jackie was blues age, let's say, you know, we didn't know any transgender people. We didn't see any transgender people in television or film or, I mean, if they were there, but we didn't, you know, it wasn't like commonplace for a young child to have uh, any kind of connection or exposure to trans, to positive representation of trans gender people right
2: right and and I think for blue it even for him so he's nine five years ago there wasn't a lot there it's just Mm -hmm. he knew he just knew that he was a boy Mm -hmm. and it didn't matter what body parts he had it didn't matter Mm -hmm. any of that what what Mm -hmm. those around him thought about it he just knew we talked a little bit about He's an old soul. He has been around this universe quite a few times. And so I think if you believe in that, awesome. If you don't, you've got to. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) He just gets it. And so it was inherent in him that, okay, well, this is weird. I don't quite, what? I am a boy. And Mm -hmm. we talk about, I had a miscarriage before we had blue and Mm -hmm. my kids have always said that that baby was a boy and how that baby up in heaven, up wherever, wherever Mm -hmm. babies come from (laughs) spiritually, (laughs) their souls helped blue come down to us and and lives in Blue's soul. So that's very lofty, Mm -hmm. but something Mm -hmm. that we truly believe in and that that there's a greater power out there. And Mm -hmm who just knew he came in a different body than he was supposed to. Mm -hmm.
1: I think that's beautiful. And I I do believe, I believe there's so much more spiritually and in the bigger picture of things that we're probably not aware of. And that it's it's beautiful to tap into that and to think about all the possibilities and the beautiful connections. And I just, I'm curious what Jackie thinks too, if you don't mind chiming in, because Blue's experience clearly is so different.
0: From your Yeah, no, out. I have a lot of thoughts and questions. I guess one question I had is, what? how did he initially communicate his feelings about his gender? So was it kind of all at once, just I'm a boy? Or was it kind of like, I want short hair, I want to wear these clothes, I don't want to use this bathroom?
2: Yeah, it was just happened I wish I had a better answer but it just organically came he kept having my sister-in-law cut his hair shorter and shorter and shorter and until he said you know I just want a boy haircut okay cool you let's do a boy haircut boy haircut um and then I think my turning moment was in kindergarten and he woke up one morning and said all the girls in the class are wearing dresses (sighs) I want to wear a dress. And I said, okay, sure. And he said, yep. Let, uh, yes. And I said, okay, I think, I, I think we have one that might fit. And so we got it out and he put it on and he just looked in the mirror and started sobbing. And he said, take this off me, take this off me, take this off me. And I, we took it uh, strip him as quick as we could out of that dress. And he just cried. And I said, no blue be who you are, that nobody is telling you any different. You be you and you're going to be loved because you're an awesome little kid. You're an awesome little human being and just be you. And that was my turning point. He always knew. It was that I had the turning point at that point. And so just organically came and just
0: flowed. That's really interesting. And the the reason I ask is because I think that, it's, it might seem like a little thing to you, like allowing your kid to get their hair cut a certain way or to wear certain clothes, but I feel like not enforcing gender norms on your child from a young age is really one of the best things you can do to help them come out younger because unfortunately my experience and I think the experience of a lot of other trans kids is that I did want to grow my hair out long. I did want to get my ears pierced. And I was explicitly and forcefully told, no, those are not things that boys do. That's not something that you're allowed to do. Um, And so it might seem like a small thing, but I think that it's really important to highlight for parents out there, or anyone who might be a parent one day, that those little things go a long way in terms of allowing your kid to express themselves.
2: And we didn't have, like I said, we didn't have real gender norms. We like what we like. My husband does all the cooking. Let's be so stereotypical. He does all of the cooking. You know, those stereotypical gender norms aren't, well, part of our lives. And like Blue loves dolls. He has a whole collection of dolls. And if he Mm -hmm. were to spend his own money, it would go to dolls, it would go to crafts, it would go to dinosaurs. So there's Mm -hmm. no real norm, which I don't like that word because norm is everybody has their own normal. And so you like what you like, you are who you are. And I thank you, Jackie, for pointing that out. It's if you allow a child to do that, then they will be who they are and they will be able to explore and they will be able to feel comfortable in their, their selves and their souls and who they are as, as people.
1: Yeah. I want to point out Something you said that I think is really important, too, is that even when Blue said, kind of went back and said, I want to put on a dress, you were, whatever Blue has, like, felt right, you honor, you affirm. And I think it's really important to draw attention to that. I want to say to everybody out there, because I'm in support groups and talk to a lot of parents, sometimes parents are okay, like they, they deal relatively well with their kid, like transitioning, like, okay, I get it, my kid is transgender, you know, they're, they've transitioned, maybe they're female, But then they want to gatekeep like, okay, now you better make sure to wear dresses and wear makeup and you want to pass. And that's no good either, right? Like Jackie doesn't wear makeup and dresses really, you know, and she did for a while. And I think sometimes there's experimentation, like to try to figure out how do I want to present? This is all new. And you're sharing with us a kind of parenting, I think, honestly, that's very, very rare, which is like... Just really allowing the child to be who they are, and they can go back and forth and try this and try that and figure maybe they want to try this and they want to try that, and it's all up to them. It's their like their expression, and that's really really rare. I've seen again like parents who are supportive of their kids transitioning, but as long as they it's still binary, I guess is what I mean to say, right? And it's and- not
2: gender sexuality no that's not it is so fluid like Mm -hmm. and I and I find myself as a heterosexual female like where do I okay oh yeah no you know like I'm Mm -hmm. moving in in that Mm -hmm. too and Mm -hmm. and like for the two of you Jackie and Bridget like are you the same person emotionally mentally that you were 15 years ago like Mm -hmm. so we even develop I mean it's just all about developing who you are and I am constantly changing we talked about my degrees we talked about my professions like Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to change again and I'm going to be somebody different maybe in five years and that's the adventure for me of like figuring out who I am and who I want to be and I think allowing your children to do that too is very healthy because who can make up their mind when it, when it comes to like your professions and, and your hair color? And I know that's very <laughs> minimal to what we're discussing,
1: but it's, it's just about evolving.
2: And we all evolve in different ways to become the person that we are.
1: Absolutely, No, I agree with you. I don't think there's anything that's too small to use as an example of that. And I remember Jackie and I in one of our other conversations on a live stream or something we were recording and Jackie saying like, this applies to everything. Like don't force your kids to play sports that they don't want to play and don't, you know, choose for them. Like we don't want anyone to choose for us. Like you said, you know, us as I'm in my fifties, you're probably, I don't know where you are. You look, you know, you look 18, Jen, but (laughs) you're in your forties, I'm in my fifties and we're still finding our just like you said right and trying new things and why would we put our kids in a box of like this is who you were this is who I thought you were you have to stay this way right doesn't make any sense
2: right and EJ who's my oldest I mean she I said do you mind if I speak about you and being part of the LGBT community and she said sure but I am queer use that okay (laughs) okay because the development that she is exploring too and figuring out, okay, where do I fit within? What am I comfortable Mm -hmm. with? Who am I? And so it's always evolving, always
1: evolution. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know one thing I'm curious about Jackie's take on this too, because Jen, you and I chatted a little before this and we were talking about our role as allies and I say like we, Jackie and I are going to teach a course on being an ally. And I've had so many people say, oh, well, I'll wait till you do the parent class. And I'm like, no, this is the parent class. (laughs) Like parents are allies. That's what we are. Parents should be the best allies of anybody out there, right? The, The ally class is the parenting class, but it's also for everybody else who wants to be an ally. But as you and I were talking about this, we're like, yes, we see ourselves as allies and always working to be better allies. You're never there. You're never you know, uh, the best ally you can be. It's always something. But we also know that we need to be very clear that we are not actually members of the community. And that we don't know what it feels like. We can go anywhere out in the world and not have to, and have no one know that this is part of our experience, right? That we have a transgender child or for you, that your husband is black, you know, you're an ally, but it's not, we get to be in the world as white, cisgender, heterosexual, right, privileged women. And we, we know that. And so I think sometimes it's hard to, to respect those boundaries and and not cross the line and kind of feel like we understand more than we really do or ever really can you know and so so I'm curious to hear Jackie I guess what you think about that too
0: I think it's the same issue that leads people to not support their kids that actually leads people to sometimes go a little too far in trying to be an ally and it's kind of this desire for control on a fundamental level like there's this cliche about relationships like you shouldn't be in a relationship if you can't love someone else if you can't love yourself but I think there's a similar cliche that's not talked about as much with having kids which is like if you haven't accepted that you can't control your own, everything about your own life, you probably shouldn't have kids because you're not going to be able to accept that you can't control everything about your kids life. So I think there's kind of two directions you can go when you have that control issue with kids. You can either go in the direction of not supporting them at all and trying to control them and say, you're not trans, you're not gay, you're not queer, you can't do this, you can't be that. Or you could go in the direction of saying, oh my god, that's amazing, we're gonna get you makeup and dresses and do this and do that, and I'm gonna advocate for you, and I'm gonna, and, and you know, I think mom, we've had conversations about this, about like, What is your role as an ally and how can you support me without also making it about your own experience? And, and I think that I appreciate the way you've been thoughtful about that because it is a really delicate balance. And, and if someone does not have the ability to recognize that, that desire for control and kind of rein that in, then people can go too far. Yes. You are so smart,
2: Jackie.
1: (laughs) is it she, I know, I'm so proud of her. <laughs> She's like, stop.
2: <laughs> I won't embarrass you, but geez <laughs> Louise. I just, why don't you just talk? I'm just going to listen to you.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. We talk all the time. We want your, you, this is a special day because you're here, Jen. <laughs> but, but, but look, I, like- I
2: mean, I'm all teary-eyed. Jackie. You, you got it. You, you, you just, you, you get it because it is about control. It's about hero complex oh my gosh, how easy is it to go into Hero Complex as an ally and to be like, woohoo, I did it. I'm making a difference. You know what? It's not about me. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is not about me. I, I am here to support. I am here to be an ally, but what is an ally? I mean, that's something that I think people don't quite understand what an ally is because we're not going in to save anybody. Nobody mm-hmm. needs saving. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when the hero complex comes in. Mm-hmm. So learning your role and understanding, like you said, Bridget, I am not part of this community. I am here to support mm-hmm. this community. I am here to, to teach myself about this community. I am here mm-hmm. to advocate for this community because I have privileges that I need to use for the better good. And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I think of it like that. And, and maybe that's a bit of a hero complex. I, I try to stay out of that. I want to always know what my role is mm-hmm. and I always want to be there to support mm-hmm. having a, a kid that's so young coming out that has also been a struggle because they don't always have a voice yeah. and or know how to use their voice and so I've had to learn learn that role too mm-hmm. so
0: mm-hmm.
2: but you're you're wicked smart Jackie wicked. <laughs>
0: I appreciate that. One one other thing I'll say that's that's not my idea on the concept of being an ally, because I, I see Brad in the comments, and I've served on the board of the Milk Club in San Francisco with Brad for a while. And one concept that um, our actual co- currently our co president of the Milk Club, Kayla, um, introduced me to and introduced during a presentation that she did to the club was the concept, and this was in the context of Black Lives Matter, but I think you could apply it to trans people as well. The concept of not being an ally, but being an accomplice and kind of the differentiation there in between being an ally and kind of existing within the dominant power structure and trying to do what you can to change things incrementally within that power structure versus kind of operating outside of that power structure in ways that might be more risky for you as an individual that might Put you at risk of some social sanctioning that you're not comfortable with, but that ultimately is more effective in terms of standing alongside. Um, queer people and trans people in solidarity in attacking those power systems from the outside versus trying to work within them and which is more effective and which should we really be focused on. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah,
2: that's amazing. Yeah, I want to hear more about that because that's a new concept to me. So I can't wait. I can't wait to have another conversation
1: to hear all about that. (laughs) Yes, we'll have to do a part two, really. And I I agree with that. Yeah, I think that the, the times for me that have been hard is where I'm afraid to cross that line and really take risks in spaces where I don't know if it's safe. And that's where I want to push myself to to do more of that. And because that's where you can have a bigger difference. It's where you can have a bigger backlash that you have to deal with and make a bigger difference and impact. But Jen, since we have you here, I really would love, I think people would love to know, and I would love, maybe it's just me, I, I would love to know like, what on earth is it like to make the choice to have your transgender child be on television, playing a transgender child as a tra- on NBC, like a major network, you know, for the world to see, like I, I still, even as a twenty three year old, you know, I feel so protective of Jackie, you know, and making sure she's safe, and I just can't imagine what that was like for you. Can you tell us?
2: Sure, it was weird. It was a weird experience. Okay, and so. My older son, Cade, he was in acting for a long time. And so Blue saw that he was getting some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we uh-huh. um, wanted to buy some toys. And that's mm-hmm. one of the big reasons why Blue got into acting. Let's be real about it. And uh, <laughs> so, um, but he was really good. And mm-hmm. uh, he, Got, you know, a national commercial for H&M mm-hmm. that was on the big screens in um, New York City and Times Square. And so that was mm-hmm. really fun. Some some smaller things, some voiceover stuff. Um, he had a role in Undone, which is on Amazon. Yeah. yeah, really fun things. And then his agent came to us and said, one of the adult agents gave me the script and I need you to read it. And I said, oh, well, okay, fine. And she's, I read it and I saw I sobbed I sobbed to the whole friggin' thing like mm-hmm. I sat there the first pilot episode and sobbed and I thought I don't know if we can do this this mm-hmm. is too close to life mm-hmm. this is just t- too much but representation matters and that was what was at the back of my head and so I had a big conversation with Blue it's like you know I'm gonna tell you what this is about and what do you think and he's like, cool that's me I'm JJ Perry why wouldn't I play this character and I thought okay well then let's go through the process let's see I mean you've been on like six auditions kid like Mm -hmm. how far are we going to get in this process Mm -hmm. and so he kept going further and he kept going further Joan and Tony who are the showrunners and the writers they have a transgender son and so Mm -hmm it was very comforting to know that we wouldn't be put in a compromising position because they wouldn't want to put themselves or their son in that composition, that, that Mm -hmm. compromising position Mm -hmm. and working with glad and working with Nick at glad and him saying, these are the things that could happen. These are the great things that could happen. And finally we decided, okay, he got the role and we were like, let's do it. Let's make a difference in this world. Mm -hmm. And we were very protective. We worked with Nick a lot about what are we going to say? Are we even going to say he's a transgender boy? Like, it, does that even matter? And it does matter because we go back to that representation matters. Mm-hmm. We have sheltered him, you know, as much as we can. Mm-hmm. We do social media, but we, I do that, you know, he has no knowledge of it. You know, sometimes they'll say, can I post this picture? How's that? Oh yeah, of course. You know, mom, you do what you would do, whatever you think. I know you're going to do me well. And that was our, mm-hmm. our ultimate goal is in 25 years, if he can go back and look at things and say, Oh, wow, my parents did a really good job and I'm safe and I'm happy. And they've taken these different steps to ensure that when I'm older, I can step away from this. I can have a different name. I can, I can do these things that take me away from that public eye Mm-hmm. that was really important so yeah. but we kept going back to representation matters and it did matter because the amount of feedback we received from people just on social media of mm-hmm. I wish I knew J.J. J. Perry I wish I could have seen J.J. J. Perry when I was growing up and I knew that I was trans but I didn't have that language I didn't have that understanding but I knew I was just a little different than what I what I was and so It was an awesome experience, the whole thing. And I think that Blue thinks that and we as a family think that it was life changing. It was life altering for us all. And so it was the right thing to do. It it was because it made an impact on him and it made an impact on those that were watching. And so that he's going to change the world in that way. That's going to be his method of changing the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that is powerful. I, I really just like breathing it all in. I, I can't imagine, you know, watching on the television and seeing your child in that moment of, right, like it's my child on the television.
2: And I cried for like eight months straight. while we, <laughs> every time I saw him, yep. whether yep. it's him doing the scene and thinking, holy mackinoli, how does he know how to do this? How does he know how to act? How does he mm-hmm. know the director will say, do it like this? Okay, I need to get, like, one, that was one aspect of it. Yeah. And two, like, this little bitty nugget is impacting the world in a way that I could n- never inspire to do. Like, mm-hmm. he is changing. He's he's making an impact. Yeah. And just, so I, I've cried. You know, in every every episode, my mom and dad were with us, and I would look at my parents.
1: And my dad is just the cutest crier. And if he's on, he's probably on here. But you know, he's he's in our group. He's a your parents are amazing, Jen, and mine too. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, so the support and
2: the love. No, the support and the love and the watching. Mm -hmm. Watching yeah. this process through the generational eyes mm-hmm. and and the, that was incredible to see because they got to come yeah. to, to set and like yeah. see that happen and then see it on TV and see their grandson and it just yeah. life changing, completely, totally life changing.
1: Yeah, I can't even imagine I'm so curious because I, I'll i be honest, I now have the season of Council of Dads and I've only watched the pilot. I kind of feel like I, I want to take it slow. I watched the pilot, totally cried through the whole thing. And there's a scene with Blue that was rough for me to watch as a mom. And I'm just wondering, I'll just say, you all have to watch this show I'm starting to cry, but it was rough for me. Like here I am, I'm nobody. I'm not even, you know, I'm just watching this as a, someone watching, but as, well, I'm the mom of a trans person also, but it made me wonder, like, were you there when they were filming things? Like, did you have any say? Was there any conversation of like, is it okay to do this scene? How do you feel about it? How does Blue feel about it? And I'm just curious about all, how all of that was navigated.
2: So the pilot was written. And that's what they hired Blue upon. So we know mm-hmm. we knew that that was going to happen. That mm-hmm. that scene where he comes he comes out to the world in that mm-hmm. scene, and mm-hmm. stands up to his grandmother in a very loving, kind mm-hmm. way. Which that is, mm-hmm. if Blue ever had to to stand up to anybody, uh, that would be how he would do it. Mm-hmm. So Joan, mm-hmm. then they did a wonderful. The writers would bring all the actors into the writing room and mm-hmm. talk about different ways, arcs of their characters. But Joan just ended up writing things that she knew that Blue would do. <laughs> so oh, it was, okay. It was very comfortable. Yeah. And the open communications to have with the showrunners like that and um, was an incredible experience because again, Joan and Tony had a transgender son. And so mm-hmm. the comfortability was was there and the trust was there and the open communication was there and mm-hmm. so that made a big difference for for us um mm-hmm. yeah like I said I've cried I cried for eight months straight <laughs> oh. and that scene the oh. first time I saw that scene because we got to to preview it before it went out it was like mm-hmm. like the ugliest cry I've ever probably had <laughs> um, yep. Yep. <laughs> just trying to fathom that oh my gosh, this that is my child yeah. and that yeah. other children go through this and right. but look at this family support and this is the family support we have and let's mm-hmm. show the world that you can mm-hmm. love trans kids there's there's mm-hmm. and they're just kids they're your kids and that we don't have to see a dysfunctional family because There are families that are functional and that is, I think, the big impact that Mm I really appreciated of the show, the diversity that Mm -hmm. this is the normal when, you know, whatever that normal is, this is our normal. So, Mm -hmm. but I cried for eight months straight. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am not surprised to hear that at all. I'm going to watch the rest of the season and just kind of pace myself knowing that I'm going to be a crying mess each episode.
2: Yeah. And, um, and it is, I, I would suggest pacing yourself because yeah. you are living a lot of these experiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think as a mom, I mean, that's mm-hmm, really what you yeah. look at upon. Right. Um, exactly. And with 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 that coming out segment, we had conversations with Blue, like, you're going to be wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. It's a costume. <laughs> You know, I'm an actor. Yes, yes. That's what we do. And it's like, how do you know that? You, you you know, again, how do you know how to do this job? You're only seven, eight, (laughs) nine. You're only this little kid. It's amazing. Um, But we always prepped for everything. And if Mm -hmm. there was something that was coming up that was like, you know, this is going to have to do with being a transgender kid. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Mm
1: -hmm. All right,
2: this is my line. This is I'm an actor. Mm -hmm. Of course, this is what we're gonna do. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and I think that scene also I mean, there's so much depth and so much to like unpack, as they say, from like that one little scene for me there was and one thing is like the one non-supportive family member, right? Like so many people, you don't really have that. We don't really have that. Um, we don't really even have that. We're we're in such a unique like all our family is so supportive. But most of the people I know with trans kids, they have that one or this one part of the family and that the grandmother kind of represents that for all of us who are raising transgender kids or have someone um, in our lives who's transgender. Like there's there's often one person or one faction that's like just awful. I'm sorry. but just that, that mother, that grandmother in that scene, I just wanted to strangle her, you know, even though I knew it was fiction and it's a scene. And I'm I'm literally thinking to myself, oh, she's just an actress playing this role. This is not really happening, Bridget. Calm down. Okay. You, you know? know, she's
2: a great, she's a great actress because you felt like that. And that, that's exactly. what good television and representation should do and make you feel because it makes an impact. You want to create change, but people also feel like, geez, I was there. That ha- That right. happened to me. How did I How did I create my own life change? And so Becky was incredible. And, And Becky would talk to Blue before they went, because the scene took, you know, eight times to do or so and uh, you know yeah. Becky would say you doing good you okay you know let's mm-hmm. hold hands Let, let's mm-hmm. show each other our love mm-hmm. outside of the scene and you know this mm-hmm. isn't you know this isn't me Blue this is not what I mm-hmm. think this is yeah. this is the character oh, and Blue would be like yeah, yeah you know that like oh, I I get it yeah I get it yeah. yeah and it it makes an impact as corny as it may seem TV entertainment affects the world and so if you put That's out things that are positive, you put things out that are life-changing, then they will
1: create change. Exactly.
0: Well, I can't help but wonder, mom, if you had seen a scene like that before I had come out to you and then felt that anger and thought, wow, I can't imagine how someone might not react in a supportive way um, when it was framed in that way. Maybe that would have influenced how you did react when I came out.
1: That's exactly right, Jackie. And I had that thought as I watched that I had that exact thought is like, why wasn't there television like this when you were growing up? Because the grandmother who's unsupportive in this scene is by all accounts, by almost anyone I could ever imagine watching the villain in the scene. It's clear, you know, (laughs) and to see that and think, wow. But I was the mom who wasn't supportive when Jackie came out because I didn't have that construct yet. I hadn't seen scenes like that, you know? Yeah. That's the question, Jackie. That is the question. Absolutely. A hundred percent.
2: But as in real life, as in the show, you'll see that grandma changes. She adapts. And you know, it's through JJ's love of her that she Mm -hmm. adapts and his approach to her of not Mm -hmm. shaming her, but Mm -hmm. saying, grandma, guess what? This is me and you just, you gotta do it. You gotta deal with it. And you, I love you. So therefore get over it sister. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. And really that's what Jackie did. You know, Jackie, I have to give you so much credit you did that. We all took a little while to come around. Even I think your grandparents were like super supportive more than your dad and I were in the very beginning, but they took a while to the pronouns and your name and you had to be so patient. I mean, that must have been hard for you. What, what was that like Jackie (laughs) to be?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think knowing that you were trying and that you genuinely were making that effort to learn and to grow was what made it worth the effort on my part. And I'm glad I put in that effort in hindsight. But yeah, I, I would say definitely to any family members out there of trans people, show that you're putting in that effort, even if you're not quite there yet, try to really make that obvious. And to any trans people, you know your, your family. And if, if you can tell that they're really genuinely putting in the effort, give them a chance.
1: That would be my advice. Thank you for not giving up on us, Jackie. You had to keep, you know, keep working on us. But thankfully, we're all here now. So please listen to Jen and her wonderful husband, Jay's podcast, Parentingology. And that was kind of my, I feel like I know you better than the time we've even spent together, Jen, because I listened to your podcast episodes, you know, and, and we have so many mutual connections and friends in our communities too, people who are both close to. And so please, there are lots and lots of ways to find Jen out there, her podcast, and definitely you've got to order from her bakery. Honey, say it again, honey. Honey in the hive, because Honey in the Hive. Jay's the honey and we're his hive. <laughs> oh, I love that. Jay's the honey and your hive. So honey in the hive, that's beautiful. Oh, and Jackie, there's a question about when you're gonna write your book.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know, when I retire.
1: when you retire. (laughs) Jackie has a very full plate. We are so lucky that Jackie is doing this with us. She has a very demanding full-time job and she puts in a lot to transgender school but i'd love to have her write a book too so we'll see if we can someone wants, can make to, that someone happen. wants
0: to offer me a generous advance to write a book um <laughs> you, you know maybe we can move that timeline up stuff
2: so. <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's like with the bakery we're like anybody want to be a wealthy donor that doesn't want to have a say in anything that we do we'll we'll, we'll take you up on that <laughs>
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We're all happy to start some kind of startup and follow our passion if you want to find it, but no say, no say. Silent, total silent party. <laughs> it's a little tough to find these days, but you never know. We're putting that out there. If anybody knows anyone, send them our way. <laughs> so is there anything else, you know, Jen and or Jackie, that, you know, that you'd like to share from your wisdom and experience as such a loving mom of an amazing, brilliant child blue chapman? Any final thoughts? I think that love trickles down from the
2: top. I think it comes down generale- with generations. That doesn't mean that you can't change, change yourself. You can't adapt yourself. But I have to give praise to my immediate family, my mom and dad, but also partnering with my husband and our willingness to discuss and talk and grow. And then using our children as resources when they want to be our resources. And if they don't, then guess what? We got to figure out on our own and that's completely fine. And so I think that all of that mutual respect, working on diminishing the hierarchy in, in family is really important because that respect is shown, that respect is given. It doesn't have to be earned because you're talking, you're communicating, you're, you're learning from each other. And I always say, like, I never was punished. I never was grounded. Mm -hmm. One, I never did anything bad. (laughs) (laughs) Irish Catholic guilt will get to every time (laughs) to be a good child. (laughs) (laughs) But if something never came up, it was a conversation. Mm -hmm. Because I knew my parents respected me and I respected Mm -hmm. my parents. And so we work really hard with doing that with my family. Does it always work? No, of course it doesn't. Because we're people we're we've got teenager we, we've you know we're, we've got egos we've got all of these things that compete but if you can communicate and you can talk and you can love each other and you can work on diminishing that hierarchy because my children are smarter than me and my mom and dad said the moment they knew their kids were smarter than them that was a glorious day and I just remember that that this communication this love it's the diminishing of the hierarchy it's taking the ego out of everything, just mm-hmm. be a sponge and learn from your children.
0: And that's, I think what I aim to do.
1: I think that's beautiful. What do you think, Jackie?
0: No, that was very well said. I, I, I'd love to end it on that note. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's the best way we can put it. Love your kids, honor them, respect them. I love what you said, Jen, about diminishing hierarchies and families. We don't know more just because we're the parents. We have to, of course, provide structure and safety and care, but our kids have so much to teach us if we just give them the space and the love to do that, to be our teachers and to honor them in their unique selves. So- and they'll honor you they will. Right. It will be a right. mutual respect. That's right. Exactly. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jen. I just Thank you love for this conversation. Me. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And we'll, I'm sure we'll do more. I'm sure we will partner in the future and we'll be reaching out to you to connect in other ways because you have so much to share and please give blue our love. Hopefully I will
2: next time. You know what? We'll start with him because (laughs) I'm sure Jay's baking and I bet he's helping baking or he's watching YouTube. He's watching YouTube. So either of those things could be happening.
1: We want him to be doing whatever he wants to do. He knows he's welcome, you know, to visit with us anytime. But we we love that your kids have the space and the love to be who they are and do what they want to do. And that's how it should be. So I hope they're having a great time. (laughs) And thank you so much. Thank you, everybody who's out there, who's watching us live. We thank you so much. I just we do want to let you know that Jackie and I, for our mental health and t- ability to keep up with transgender school have decided to go every other week on our live stream. So starting this week will be every other week. Oh, there he is! Blue! Hi, Blue! How hey, Blue, are you? How's it going?
2: Did you hear us talking about you? Uh, Yeah, Dad has a stream. Oh, Dad has a stream? Oh, so, so you guys were listening. So you said, okay, awesome. So we made you, an appearance. Did it's you good approve to of see? everything
0: your mom said?
2: <laughs> did you hear it uh, all? Well, or, i was watching a show yeah he was watching a show he was
1: watching youtube <laughs> oh okay you're play, watching something else some
0: good stuff on youtube
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for coming to say hi blue <laughs> you're welcome are you baking are you and your dad baking something um no no not right now okay cool all right well thank you
2: Thank you so much. Until next time.
1: Until next time. And thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our Transgender School podcast. We hope you learned something new and that you're inspired to learn more.
1: If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And please be sure to check out our website, transgenderschool.org. You'll find many valuable resources there, including
0: news about upcoming courses we'll be teaching. Make sure to join us for future podcast episodes. We'll catch you on the first Tuesday of every month.